Hey guys, welcome to Liberty Grace Online. If uh, our settings seem a little bit different this week and the format is a little changed, it's because we're taking seriously uh, the fact that we need to stay home and stay safe and uh, listen to our officials. And, and uh, we understand all of that in the context that we believe God has uh, placed them in authority over us. But we also know that God is the ultimate authority and the one that, that will bring this epidemic, pandemic, to an end. And so with that in mind, I want to start with us uh, in prayer and uh, praying for you and praying for all those around our country today. So won't you join me? Father, thank you so much for your love and for your care for us. Thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives and for how much that we mean to you. Lord, I pray that you would continue to grant peace and comfort, that out of even these videos, that, uh, that you may bring about some encouragement and some, some life into the body. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. And Lord, I pray that we as a body would continue to be faithful to you. I pray that we would enjoy our time together this morning and that uh, your name would be glorified in and through this, that we know that you could put a stop to this at any moment. And I pray, Lord, that, that however this pandemic comes to an end, that we would have a way to use it for your glory and for your fame. Lord, thank you for taking such good care of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. And... Um... Super glad you're able to join us this morning. And um, just a couple things before we get started. There is probably a 97.2% chance that, uh, that our puppy is going to try to find his way into the camera shot. So if that happens, I'm not going to say ignore it because it's hard to ignore. But he'll be there. His name's Murphy, so feel free to yell at the screen and say, say hello to him. Um, also, there's a pheasant sitting in front of me. It's just a thing. Don't worry about it. And um, yeah, it was cool because... Um, with this kind of being brought into our homes, it's tough to collaborate with people. So um, really glad on on this first song we have uh, have Leah, um, you know, singing along, and then also a friend of mine, Shannon, is is adding some background vocals as well, just through the power of the interwebs. So it's uh, it's pretty neat. So yeah, let's uh, let's worship this morning. And uh, did he already get in? Yeah, he's already in the shot, isn't he? But that's okay. So uh, he's laying down. Hopefully he stays there. So um, yeah, why don't you guys sing along with us? I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody
praise I raise a hallelujah With everything inside of me I raise a hallelujah I will watch the darkness flee I raise a hallelujah In the middle of a mystery I raise a hallelujah Fear you lost your hold on me Thanks, Leah, for joining us. Let's uh, let's keep going here. Let's uh, let's worship this morning. Hope you guys are having a great morning. I know it's a little earlier than normal, but uh, you know, trying to trying to figure out these uh, these Facebook intraweb things and um, yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been crazy this whole this whole situation. You know, being being at home and um, hope you guys are being able to you know just spend a little bit more time with your families and yeah, it's uh. We're, we're, we're excited for, for things to come and, and, you know, we're just glad that, that God has provided us a platform to be able to come live on Facebook or live on YouTube or, or for you guys to be able to connect and, you know, what we're looking on, on Tuesday night, being able to just spend time in worship and prayer and, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's neat. So just hope that you guys are able to just kind of dig in this morning and, um, yeah, let me just let me just play a little bit. I'll just give you guys a minute just to just to spend 30 seconds and you know, of your time just maybe in prayer, just maybe close your eyes, take a deep breath, uh, maybe warm up your coffee if you need to, but uh yeah.
sing in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in hell. This babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the
Lord, I come. Lord, I come. I confess. Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Sin runs deep. Where sin runs deep, your grace is born. Where grace is found, is where you are. Where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. So teach my soul. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. folks want to give you a couple of announcements here first direct you right to the uh, website at graceinrichland.com you can go there for all of the sunday school information as well as the teens and youth programming that we have available at the church all of that is going to be available online as well as these services will be available to you in that capacity as well so once again that's graceinrichland.com 
want to give you an opportunity to continue to worship as you as you give to our ministry as well. And you will find that at our website uh, as well as our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 5228. If you want to take a moment and remember that... Uh, that we are still a ministry that is trying to meet the needs of our community, and thank you for, for your faithfulness in that. A couple of things that we're going to be doing in the near future uh, to, to help change a little bit of the rhythm that we have found, we have an opportunity on April the 10th, which is Good Friday, to go over to the Silver Drive-In together. And so we're going to do that. It's April the 10th, 8 o'clock at night. We're going to go over to the Silver Drive-In and we're going to have a service uh, right up there on the big screen and we're going to enjoy celebrating and singing together from the comforts of our own cars and and uh, try something a little different as we enjoy this. So, so keep that in mind, April the 10th, Friday night, 8 p.m. This Tuesday night, uh, myself and Sean McCool uh, will be hosting a worship and prayer night. So at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, the 31st, we're going to take about an hour from 7 to 8 or so on Tuesday night, and we're going to sing some songs together, and we're also going to take an opportunity to take your prayer requests and just pray for you, pray for our country, and pray for what is going on. So again, April the 10th, the Silver Drive-In, and March 31st, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, we're going to do a Facebook Live. Look for the, for the advertisements for that as well. We're going to give you a moment right now as, as well as we lead into this next song. I want to give you an opportunity to throw up some of your uh, prayer requests and things that you might have that we can check back and be praying for all these things that, that you're thinking about. So take the next song and just... And input some of those things and allow us to care for you as best we can in these moments. Thanks again for your faithfulness and look forward to a time when we can celebrate in person again. If the mountains were where you hide Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys If you grace the other side Oh, how long have I chased rivers From lowly seas to where they rise Against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply in the highlands and the heartache you're neither more or less inclined i would stop and search at nothing you're just not that hard to I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same 
weary? Does your kindness extend the path from where your feet rest on the sunrise to where you sweep the sinner's past? Oh, how fast would you come running if just a shadow me through the night trace my steps through all my failures and walk me out the other side for who could dare ascend the mountain that valleyed hill called Calvary for the one I call good shepherd who like a lamb was slain for me. Whoa, I will praise you on the mountain. I will praise you in the mountains in the way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God.
Thanks, Sean. Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for joining us, welcoming me into your living room this morning. Uh, this is a first for me to be uh, speaking to a camera instead of speaking to a, a live audience, but uh, I'm excited to do it, excited that uh, we can still be bringing God's Word to you this morning. Uh, let's pray before we, we dig into the talk for today. Lord God, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for uh, time together, Lord God. E even though we have to do it virtually and we can't do it in person, we thank you that you blessed us with the technology that we can um, just meet together and be together and, and worship you and share your word in this way. Lord God, I just pray that you would uh, help me to communicate your word and your truth well this morning. Help us all to, to learn and grow and just to be uh, better followers of you and, and better leaders in the spheres of influence that you've given us. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So hopefully uh, you're doing well. I'm coming to you uh, from my basement this morning, uh, from my man cave. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, I actually moved uh, a few weeks ago. And one of the things I was really excited about when we moved was that uh, I was finally going to have a man cave where I could have some guys over and watch some sports. And about three days after we moved, all sports were canceled. So that's been a little disappointing for me. And uh, I know that's kind of a, a trivial thing. I know some of you are uh, dealing with some much worse things with this uh, virus pandemic and, and all that that entails. And uh, I do want to remind you this morning that uh, I'm praying for you and the rest of us at, at Liberty are, are praying for you. Uh, if you've shared specific prayer requests, we're, sharing, we're praying for those specific things. And uh, we're also just praying for all the members of the body in general. And so we encourage you to continue to pray for each other, encourage each other in whatever ways that you can. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be continuing in our series on what you think matters. And this morning's topic is leadership. And th this maybe sounds a, a little academic for the situation that we're, we're in right now in our world, but uh, we wanted to continue the series first just to, to give you some continuity. Uh, you probably hear a, a lot in the news, even on the sports channels about the virus, and so maybe this gives you a chance to reflect on something a, a little bit different for a while this morning. Also, leadership is something that's critically important in crisis. In the situation we're in now or in any crisis, leadership is hugely important. We, we need people to step up to be leaders and be biblical leaders. Uh, I think of things from history like Winston Churchill's fireside chats during uh, World War II Battle of Britain and, and just how that motivated a nation. They, they needed a leader to step up and Churchill stepped up to to give some courage and some encouragement. Uh, I think more recently in, in my lifetime, uh, after 9-11, uh, I told you already I'm a sports guy, so maybe this is why this sticks out to me, but after 9-11, baseball had been shut down for a while, and 
then baseball came back. And, and right as baseball's coming back at, at Yankee Stadium, uh, George W. Bush, who, who was the president at that time, comes out and stands on the mound in the middle of Yankee Stadium to throw out the first pitch and throws it right across the plate. And I don't know what you think about George W. Bush as a president. That's not really important. But just that moment of him just standing out there in the middle of a stadium and throwing that pitch right across the plate and saying, like, we're America, we're strong, we're back, we're, we're going to keep pressing on and get through this. And uh, I know leadership and great leadership isn't built just in a moment. It's those day-to-day -day decisions and day-to-day -day things that you do that, that make great leadership. But the, those examples just illustrate how we need leadership in a crisis. And so I, I want to challenge you, encourage you this morning to step up and to be a leader. Whatever your sphere of influence is, uh, we're going to talk a, a lot about uh, elders and church leaders this morning, and maybe God is calling you to be a leader in the church, in Liberty Grace, if you attend there, and in another church, if you attend that church and you're just uh, tuning in with us today. Maybe God's calling you to step up and be a leader in your church. Uh, maybe He's not calling you to be a leader in the church, but a leader in your home, or a leader at your workplace, or a leader in your community. Wherever you at, you're at, there are, are people around you that you can impact, that you have the opportunity to step up and to influence, and the opportunity to lead them closer to Jesus. And I, I really want to challenge you to think about that this morning. What, what is your rule? What is your uh, sphere of influence? Who around you can you be stepping up and leading? And then... Are you doing it in a, a biblical way? Uh, two things I, I see in our world right now is we have an abundance of followers and not a lot of leaders. A lot of people who are, are willing to maybe jump in here and there and, and do a little bit here and there, but don't want to step up and be responsible for something. And we need people that are, are willing to step up and say, I will be responsible. I see that need. I want to be the one that takes care of meeting that need and is committed to meet that need. And we need leaders who don't just want to be leaders for a title or a position. We need leaders who are actually going to be biblical leaders. Uh, look at our U.S. Congress this past week. And I, Again, I don't know if you're a Republican or, or a Democrat. It doesn't really matter because both sides are still in the midst of this crisis pushing their agenda rather than fully uniting to say, what, what is best for our country? What is best for these people that I'm, I'm supposed to be leading and caring for? And so we need you to step up and be leaders and we need you to step up and be biblical leaders as well. So that's what we get to look at in God's Word this morning. And, and again, I challenge you to, to think about that. Maybe you're not going to be a pastor or an elder or a missionary or something like that, but there is some place you could be leading and you could be guiding some people and caring for some people and impacting some people around you. So let's jump into the Scripture this morning. We're going to be in Titus chapter 1 this morning. Uh, you can look that up in your Bible. You can uh, look that up on version on the Bible app. There is a, a live event 
for that with uh, this morning's passages and some notes on there if you want to follow along there. Uh, as we jump into this, uh, I will say we are going to be talking uh, primarily about elders this morning, or, or this passage primarily talks about elders this morning. And that is a, a specific group of people within the local church, that, that there's a specific group of leaders in the local church who are tasked with the spiritual leadership and direction of the church. Uh, these are people with spiritual maturity who, who God has called to that position, who want to care for the church body, uh, want to care for the spiritual needs, be praying for the church body, who are setting spiritual direction for the church and guarding the, the teaching of the church and making sure it continues to follow biblical teaching. And so that's the main group being addressed here this morning. But these qualifications, these characteristics, these principles for elders are things that hopefully all of us are, as Christians are striving to grow into, characteristics we're striving to have the Holy Spirit build up in our lives. So e even if you're not thinking, I'm going to be an elder someday, if you are a Christian and you are seeking to, to grow, this is stuff that you can be building into your life right now as well. So look at Timothy 1, and we'll start at verse 5. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. And so this verse gives us a little bit of, of background on this passage we're about to read. In this book and, and in this passage, it's written by Paul, the great missionary, who has traveled around and planted a bunch of churches, and specifically he's planted a bunch of churches in the area around Crete. And he's done planting those churches, and he's left to go to another location to plant and start some more churches. And he's left Titus, who is a young man, a young church leader, he's left him in Crete, and he's given him the task of building up some leadership in these newly started churches. And what we need to understand is that churches need leadership. Uh, they need people to step up and set spiritual direction for the church. Uh, when a church is just getting started, it's just kind of a, a group of people, but as it grows a little bit, God calls specific people out of that group to have more leadership and, and set more direction and have some more responsibility over the group. Uh, we, we saw this play out in Liberty Grace, in our church. Uh, when it started, it was just kind of a group of people meeting at a fire hall. And then as it grew a little bit and things developed a little bit, some men stepped up to be leaders of the group. And then they, they brought in a, a pastor and uh, continued to bring more guys into leadership. And, and as the church continued to grow, then we formally formed uh, a group called elders, uh, men who are leading the church and sp setting spiritual direction for the church. And as things continue to grow, now we have uh, what we call a leadership team, which is men and women who do more of the, the practical planning and uh, make sure the ministries that are going on in the church are, are going on and are, are running well and, and they serve under the spiritual direction of the elders. Uh, 
And so we just see that, that as the church body grows, we, we need more of these leaders to step in and, and help plan and execute things and, and set direction. And so Paul's tasked Titus with this job of starting to organize some leadership in these new churches. And through the rest of the passage we're going to look at, Paul's going to explain to Titus what, what characteristics should you look for in a leader? What makes a good leader? And really what makes a strong, mature Christian follower of Jesus? And that's what Paul's going to lay out in these next couple verses. And he's actually going to lay out 17 characteristics uh, in this passage that we're going to look at. But before we jump into them, there's, there's something that Paul kind of assumes before he starts laying out the characteristics. He, he doesn't really state it in this passage. He just kind of assumes it. But he, he assumes that the, the people that Titus is considering for leadership have first become believers, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And actually in 1 Timothy 3, Paul gives another list of characteristics and traits and requirements for elders. And in the midst of that list, in 1 Timothy 3 verse 6, he says that an elder should not be a recent convert. Again, taking that assumption that we're already talking about people who are believers, who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Because that's really where biblical leadership starts. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, if you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, then you don't know Jesus, and you can't lead like Jesus if you don't know Jesus. And so you can't do biblical leadership unless you personally are growing in a, a personal relationship with Jesus. So that's a, the first thing to, to consider and to examine your heart. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior? And then if you've done that, now we start to look at these other characteristics and, and grow in these other characteristics. Look at verse 6. Paul says there, If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. And so the first characteristic Paul lists there is that leaders are to be above reproach. And what does that mean? Does that mean that as elders, as pastors, as leaders, as Christians in general, that we should be perfect and never sin? Uh, the book of James makes it pretty clear that anyone who says they are without sin is, is a fool and they're lying to themselves. We, we all sin. We, we all mess up. E even as a pastor, a lot of times at the end of the day, I sit down and, and I think back through the day and I'm like, man, I could have done some stuff better today. Or in, in the heat of the moment, I say or I, I do something and I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That was not right. And so this doesn't mean that we're perfect to be above reproach. But the question is, what kind of example are you setting? In verse 7, Paul will say that we're stewards, we're ambassadors of Christ. And that, that's true of every Christian, every believer. If, if you've put that label on yourself that I'm a Christian, that I follow Jesus, then you are now an ambassador for Jesus. That how people view your life may be how they view who Jesus is. 
It's kind of a cliche, but you may be the only Jesus that some people see. And so the question is, is your life a good example of who Jesus is? Again, not that you're not going to mess up, but in your habits, in your regular practices, is it modeling well who Jesus is? Do people look at your life and say, man, I want to know the hope and the joy, and and I want to know what makes that person different? Or do they look at your life and say, man, if, if that's what a Christian is, if that's who Jesus is, I don't want anything to do with that. And so the first thing to think about, what, what example are you saying? How are you being a steward and an ambassador for Jesus? Is your life above reproach? And then second in there, he says, uh, the husband of one wife. And this is the, the controversial one, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this one. There's a, a lot we could talk about here. And uh, I will remind you, if you, you have questions, if you want further information on this, feel free to, to reach out to myself, to reach out to, to Pastor Doug, and, and we'd be happy to, to talk with you in more detail uh, about this passage and about what this means. Uh, but uh, I will just say for this morning, remember this passage is talking specifically uh, about a very specific leadership position in the church the position of elder. And we at Liberty Grace, based on this verse, based on some other passages in Scripture, believe that that specific leadership position in the church of elder is reserved for men. That God has called men to fill that spiritual leadership position in the church. But that is just specific to elder. There's other positions of leadership that women can fulfill as as well as men. I I said earlier we have a a leadership team at Liberty that handles more of the the practical planning and execution of our ministries and and different things at the church, and that's made up of men and women. And so there's plenty of leadership roles that women can fulfill in the church. It's just this specific role of spiritual leadership. God has called men to fulfill that position. That is, that's what we hold to at Liberty Grace. And again, if, you, if you'd want to discuss that more, feel free to contact us. But the thing I want us to really focus on and to apply to all of us is just to understand that God values marriage. And in the next verse, or in the end of verse 6 there, it, it says, that his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. That God values marriage and God values children and family as well. And that we as leaders or, and we as Christians in general should strive to have strong marriages, should strive to have strong families, should strive to teach our children the, the love and the hope and who Jesus is and what his word teaches. Uh, I'm encouraged to hear feedback from our Sunday school teachers that tell me they're amazed at how much Bible knowledge uh, our kids at Liberty already have before they come to Sunday school class. And that's a, a tribute to your parent, you parents and what you're doing at home. That you are raising your kids and you're, you're passing on biblical truth and a love for Jesus to them. And I encourage you, continue to do that. 
value marriage, value the family. Above all else, be working on those things because that's the first mission field that God has given us. We can be great leaders in the church and do great things. We can be great leaders in the community and do great things there. But if we fail at home, then we've missed the, the first mission field that God has given us. And so we need to value marriage. We need to, to value family and training up our children as well. And so be striving to do that. Moving on to verse 7. For an overseer, uh, which overseer and elder are interchangeable terms, for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. And so Paul lists there five negative characteristics, five things that should not be in our leadership, five things that should not really drive any of our motives in making any decisions throughout our daily life. Right? If any of those five things are causing us and, and directing us in making our decisions, then we're not choosing and, and directing our lives in a godly way. Right? If arrogance is driving us, if, if our pride is driving us, if, if we're striving to be a leader because we think, I am the best, I'm the only one that can do this, then we're missing who God wants us to be. Or if we want leadership just to, to puff ourselves up so we can feel good about ourselves. Or even just as everyday Christians, if we're, we're looking and saying, well, I'm better than that other person who's doing whatever other thing, then we're being arrogant and, and we're not living out godly leadership as, as Jesus did, right? Remember, Jesus was and is God and, and stepped down from heaven to be a man and live and die on this earth for us. Right? We, we need to not be arrogant. That shouldn't be driving our leadership or our motivation in anything. We shouldn't be quick-tempered. We don't go into leadership just so we can tell people what to do, just so we can make people do it our way and punish them if they don't do it our way. Leadership is about caring for the other, not pushing around the other. Don't be a drunkard. And now this goes beyond just consuming too much alcohol to... Is our motivation just to pursue our passions and our pleasures? Just to pursue what makes us feel good? Is, is that what drives our decision making? And honestly, I really worry for our young people in this. Now, not bashing them, this isn't a, a bash on millennials, but it's just a concern based on where their culture is at and, and what our culture is continually telling them and, and telling us even, that our culture continues to, to tell us just do what feels good, right? pursue what makes you happy. And the Bible repeatedly tells us, love what God loves and pursue what's of eternal value. You see the difference there. Don't just pursue your pleasure, but love what God loves and pursue what's of eternal value. 
to be a drunkard is, is just in general to pursue our passion. Are we pursuing what's of eternal value, what, what God really loves and, and what God says is important? Right? Don't be violent. And, and that, again, goes with the, the quick temper. It, it's not about pushing each other around. Leadership is not about power. If that's our motivation to be in leadership, it's a wrong motivation. And then finally he lists, don't be greedy for gain. Uh, if you're becoming an elder in the church for financial gain, um, there's not much to be had. Uh, you should probably go into something else if you're looking for financial gain. But whatever, if you're looking for gain for yourself, then that's a wrong motive to be seeking leadership. That, that's a wrong motive to be serving in general. If we're just serving so that we can get something for ourselves, uh, maybe we're helping with that community organization or, or we're on the board of that community organization just so we can look good and people think we care about our community, that's a wrong motivation. The leadership's not to be about our gain and being in it just to get something for us. And so those are the wrong reasons to jump into leadership, the wrong reasons to serve. And so what are the right ones? Look at verse 8. But hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. The good motivations for leadership include being hospitable, simply wanting to care for each other, uh, make others feel welcome, make others feel loved, meet needs if we have the opportunity to meet needs. Right? That should be what's motivating us to step up and take responsibility and be leaders, what's motivating us to serve, what's driving our decisions throughout the day. Not what benefits me, but what benefits the other, what is hospitable and helpful to them. Being lovers of good, we, we already kind of talked about this, that, that we should seek to understand what God says is good and right and what God loves and love what God loves. To be self-controlled. If we're just all over the place, we can't help other people well. And now understand this doesn't mean that we have to figure everything out for ourselves on our own and we have to be big and, and tough and uh, just lone rangers on our own. I figure this all out myself and then I can go help other people. This could mean that I get the help I need so that then I can go help somebody else. Uh, one of the things that, that I've felt and I, I've talked to a lot of other leaders throughout this crisis and, and they felt it too that uh, as a leader there's this temptation to feel like I, I have to keep it all together. I have to be a solid rock for everybody else. Uh, I can't show any weakness at all. I, I got to hold everything together for everybody else. And the, the reality is, uh, I have the same fears, the same anxieties that you do going through this crisis. And I need to be willing and, and able to go to God, to go to other godly men, and to get the help and the strength and the encouragement I need, so that when God strengthens 
me, then I can help to, to strengthen you guys or, or whoever else I've been given the opportunity to lead. And so self-control doesn't mean I have to always have it all together, but I'm seeking to care for myself and, and get the help I need so that then I can go and help other people. And next Paul says to be upright. And, and another translation for that would be to be just. Are, are we treating others with fairness and, and with equality? Again, not being arrogant and haughty and, and looking down on others or excluding others, but being just and fair in our treatment of others. The next one there, number 13, holy and blameless. And again, that doesn't mean without sin, but it means are, are we striving to do what's right with every decision that we make? Because oftentimes when we make a decision, there's the right way to do it, and then there's this other easier way that we could get by and we probably wouldn't get in trouble. And I'm sure you've been faced with those options before in some decision that you made. You, you can do it the right way, but it, it might hurt a little bit now. It, it might cause some hardship now to do it the right way. Or you could do it kind of this easier way and nobody's ever going to know or notice. Right? The, a, a good Christian, a, a mature Christian, a uh, a godly leader does it the right way, even if it is sometimes harder, even if it does sometimes cost a little bit uh, right now. <clears throat> the 14th characteristic there, discipline. Are, are you committed? Are, are you first of all committed to Christ, but then are you committed to whatever it is that you said you'd be responsible for? We need to be disciplined people as well. Let our, our yes be yes and our, our no be no. If we, if we say we're going to meet that need, then we have to step up and, and meet that need and be committed to do that and be committed to Jesus. And so I, I really challenge you sometime later today or, or maybe later this week to look back through those lists of characteristics, the, the five negative ones, the six positive ones, and, and think about your, your leadership and your, your motivation for leadership if you're a leader, or, or just your motivation for making decisions in your daily life. It, are you motivated by those positive things, or, or are you letting those negative things direct your decision? One of the things I, I was challenged with as I prepared for this and, and thought through this a little bit is that I need to regularly go back and reflect on this passage and the characteristics that are outlined there. Because it's easy to get caught up in, in your day and, and get busy with stuff and, and drift back to your natural tendencies, which a lot of times tend to be more of those negative things than those positive, godly things. And, and we need to refocus on letting the Holy Spirit guide who we are and guide what we do. And then one final verse, verse 9, He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction and in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Three last things there that, that we have to hold firm to the Word, hold, hold firm to the Bible and teach it to others and then refute error. 
that we have to know what the Bible says and, and we have to pass that on to other people. And really that's the point of, of all of this. That, that's why we're continuing to do what we do here. It would have been a lot easier for us just to shut the doors of the church and say, hey, we'll see you again whenever this thing is over and we can open up again. But we want to continue to see you growing in the Word. I give kudos to, to Sean for the time that he's put in producing and editing all these videos. And, and we do it because we want people to know who Jesus is. Uh, I was reading a couple of days ago and reading the story of the prodigal son. And if you remember that story, there's a, a son and he takes his inheritance from his father who's not even passed away yet. He, he just takes his money and he goes to another country and uh, he spends all his money on wild living. And then a, a famine hits and the son ends up in a pigsty eating the slop from the pigs just to survive. And in that, that bottom pit, he, he realizes, I need to go back to my father. And I need to seek His mercy and His grace. And why I bring up that story is that maybe this crisis is that pigsty moment, is that famine moment for someone around you. And now you have the opportunity to point them to the Father, our Father in heaven, who wants to give them grace and mercy. We have the opportunity to do that to point them to God's Word. And, and that's really the reason I challenge you to step up and to be leaders, to see the needs around you and to take responsibility and say, I, I can meet those needs. I, I can be and show people the love of Jesus. I can give them that hope. And maybe in this crisis, they're in that pit and they're looking for that and, and you can be the person that gives that to them. Right? That's really what leadership is all about. It, after all, all the hard work and, and all the sacrifice, when you see somebody who gets it, who understands what, who Jesus is and, and the difference you see in their life, then that makes it worth it. And all of us, who, whoever you are, whether God's calling you to be a, a leader in your church, a leader in your family, a leader in your community, whether God's calling you just to get some friends together and and spend some time with them in God's Word after we're allowed to get together again. Uh, but it, even if God's calling you just to lead in that small way, you have the opportunity to lead and, and to be a part of seeing somebody know the hope that can be found in Jesus. And so I challenge you, strive to, to be pursuing these characteristics, letting the Holy Spirit work in your life to build up those characteristics. Strive to be a leader, and, and even maybe after this thing is over, if God's calling you to be a leader in your church, in your family, in your community, step into that role. I want to leave you with one final thought, and it's on version. You can read it there and, and reflect on it there if you'd like. Uh, but my final thought for you is a great leader isn't a leader just because he or she wants to be a leader. He or she is a great leader because they see a great need and step up to say, I will be responsible to meet that need. You have the responsibility, you have the opportunity to meet a great need and to be a great leader. And I challenge you to, to do that. 
to let God work in and through you to meet some needs around you, to be Jesus to someone else. Step up, be a leader. Let me pray for us. Lord God, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you so much for your word. Father, we thank you for the hope we have in Jesus and the impact that it's made on our lives. We thank you that we have the Holy Spirit working in us. This is uh, a tough call to live out these characteristics, but we have your Holy Spirit to help us. It's a, a big task and a challenging test to, to take responsibility for the needs around us, but we, we have your Holy Spirit to help us. And we have an opportunity to see you do great and amazing things, Lord God. Father, please use us. Please just give us the courage to step up and to lead and to see people uh, come to know you and see people grow in you. We thank you for your love and we thank you for this time together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Uh, remember, I love you guys. Uh, I'm praying for you. Be safe out there.